सहनावतु सहनावनक्तु सहमीर्यंकरवाहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ॐ शांति 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 ही तस्मै सहोवाचा तस्मै सहोवाचा पिता महेश्वर पिता महेश्वर श्रद्धा भक्ति श्रद्धा भक्ति ध्यान योगाद ध्यान योगाद अवैही अवैही so it looks like the teacher accepted him mm. because otherwise there would have been no Upanishad. <laughs> so the teacher must have been highly pleased also with what? With his erudition, with his humility, with the way he presented himself and asked for the correct thing and he already had so much background knowledge and so the first the teacher gives qualification. The teacher gives some more qualifications, not some more, expresses the qualifications that we looked at yesterday in a slightly different way with a different emphasis. And so the teacher gives four qualifications. The three are in this verse and the fourth one will appear in the next mantra. So what are the three in this verse is very easy to delineate. What are they? Radha and then? Bhakti and then Dhyanam. Okay. So Shraddha we saw. What is Shraddha? Trust. Trust in what? The teaching. Yeah, the words of the teaching and the words of the teacher. We saw that. So we saw Shraddha at length yesterday. More from the standpoint of the individual. Correct? We saw how there is a breakdown of trust. And what is this breakdown of trust? This is what one undergoes in childhood. And the re-establishing that breakdown of trust by addressing authority issues, fears, transferences, projections, etc. And focusing on and, and having the hope, having the trust that this knowledge will redeem me indeed, you know, and doing what it takes. We talked about that part, how I can help myself to the Shraddha we saw. And what is Shraddha also we saw? The attitude with which one receives the knowledge is Shraddha. And today we are going to look at Shraddha more as a Pramanikya Buddhi. From the point of view of the relationship between Shraddha and the means of knowledge. So this is this is a, a larger discussion of Shraddha. Yesterday we saw about, we, we, we discussed Shraddha from an individual standpoint. This is from the, 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 the collective standpoint, what is this Shraddha? The Shraddha is that which is, which validates a trust that validates a means of knowledge. If supposing I say look out of the window quickly, there is a two-headed goat running. What will you say? Wait, 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 let me see, you know, right? Because you want to ascertain it with your own eyes. In fact, the whole of you is back behind the eyes. The eyes here are the means of knowledge to ascertain the veracity of the existence of the two-headed goat. There is a two-headed cow, two-headed goat like that if I say. Then you say, wait, let me ascertain. So that me, who is this me? It's just a pair of eyes. The whole of you is behind this pair of eyes. And that is why if you witness a small collision between two cars on the on the road. You are a pedestrian and you witness that. And then they call the police. And the police comes and you say, I will stand witness. I saw with my own eyes it was the blue car's fault. 
not the grey car's fault. It was the blue car that swerved into the opposite lane. It was the blue car that took the wrong turn out of turn. How are you able to say that? And you say, and if the police question, how do you know? You say, I was right here, I saw it with my own eyes. Same thing with what you heard. You are just passing through and so you hear someone talking about you, you hear, hear your name mentioned. And very quickly, the footsteps slow down, you start dragging because you want to hear what they are saying. And let's say the person's talking, say something bad about you. And you can storm into the room and say, how dare you slander me. No, 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 we are not talking about you at all. That's a lie. I heard it with my own ears. You see? Mm -hmm. So these pramanas, these means of knowledge that you operate, you always have a lot of shraddha with regard to those means of knowledge. And we have already seen what are the means of knowledge you operate. Let us just... Uh, you know, operate our minds and recount them here. <laughs> what is called direct perception, number one. What does that include? All the five sense, sensory perceptions are included in one. That it is called pratyaksha pramana, direct perception. What is number two? Anumana. Yeah, what is anumana? Uh, one step inference. One step inference. Roads are wet, therefore it must have rained. Then we have more than one step in inference. What is that called? <laughs> it's not a dance move, okay? <laughs> it's not one step, two step, you know, cha-cha-cha. That's okay for cha-cha-cha. <laughs> ah. What is the name for more than one step inference? Arthapattihi. Yeah. Anyatha anupapattihi. Means otherwise impossible. Devadatta has to have eaten during the night. Otherwise, it's impossible for him to have what? Yeah, put on weight after uh, daytime fasting. So, this is what is Anyatha Anupapattihi. Means otherwise impossible. Therefore, it is called Arthapattihi. And so, that is, that is number three. Yeah, is it number three? Yes. Mm -hmm. What is the fourth one? We have lots of time. I can wait. There's, there's a knowledge. Um, similarity. Similarity. Yeah. What do you call it in? What do you call simile in Sanskrit? Uh, upama. Very good. Upama. Upama. Upa. Near. That's how you remember. Ma to measure. Something like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that which is measured to something that is closest to it itself. And then we have Anupalabdhi, the fifth one, which is the cognition of the cognition of absence at a particular place in a particular of a particular thing in a particular place, as in there is no pot in the palm of my hand. Why? Because I know pot and I especially know the crack pot that you are using and it is, I don't, you know, your hand, I don't see it here, right here. So this is the cognition of absence. This is the full spectrum of the control that one exercises over the means of knowledge. This is the full spectrum. And of when, whenever the jiva, the individual operates any of these means of knowledges, any of these means of knowledge, they have full faith because the pramata, the knower, is in charge of knowing and the knower appoints itself. The jiva morphs into what is called the knower. The knower identity is pramukha, is the chief identity at that time. The one who becomes a James Bond 007, I am the investigator, I am the knower and if this doesn't work, that works, I will try, I will ferret out the truth by using the appropriate pramana. This is what is the James Bond Jiva. Correct? Mm. Yeah. And already we have seen this. But since everyone is a little slow today, 
<laughs> so let us let me ask one more question. Which of these pramanas are you going to know the self? None. None of these. That is very clear. So therefore, a new pramana has to come from outside of the pramata, which even handles the nature of the pramata, which reveals the nature of the pramata to not just be a simple knower of objects, but the truth of that which is the knower known and knowledge, an indivisible truth. Is the very consciousness that is knowledge which is, which, which even though it has the ability to manifest as the knower known, it's neither the knower nor the known. That Pramata is going to have a very big shake-up call, a wake-up call. And, and it, the Pramata is going to be delighted when the Pramata is reunited, so to speak, with that body of knowledge which is, which is oneself, which is the truth of both knower and known which does not, you know, because when you know the object, you are the subject, correct? And you can only experience one object at a time, being the subject. And so, this, all these limits are gone in knowing Brahman as yourself, because you know that consciousness, which is neither knower nor known, which manifests as the knower and the known. You go to that. And so, therefore, the knower of objects has to be knocked off, Correct? Which creates <laughs> fear. Which creates fear because the knower is in a safe place. Or so he or she thinks. The knower, this fellow thinks, I am in a safe place. Nothing can touch me here because I am the monarch of all I survey. I have the ability to name things. I have the ability to know things. I am the one totally in charge. But the knower suffers from a sense of finitude because even though you are able to know so many things, you are not any one of those things, correct? Plus you cannot know so many other things and therefore you have all these complexes. So the pramana that is coming from outside, outside of what? Not outside of consciousness. Name one thing that is outside of consciousness. Nothing is outside of consciousness. So the pramana comes from outside of the status which is the knower. Yeah. The pramana comes and says, O ye pramata, <laughs> O you knower of small, small things who feel small constantly and who tries to feel big by knowing more and more things, did you know that you are neither the known, nor the knower, nor the process of knowing? You are that consciousness which is free of being just the knower, or the known, or the, the knowing itself. You are a being that is a knowing being. This is the pramana called the words of the Shastra, the words of the teacher, according in accordance with the Upanishad. So the pramana here has two aspects. The Upanishad herself is the pramana. Why herself? I told you everything that is of, of note is a she. Yeah, anything that one wants is feminine. And so the Upanishad herself is a pramana. Knowledge is feminine. And then the Upanishad does not, delivers in a very interesting way. The Upanishad does not deliver by reading it or studying it. Even though the Upanishad is a Pramana, these pages, I am sure you have, some of you have uh, read ahead. What have you understood? You know? Yeah. Nothing. So even if you read ahead and say, oh, I am going to prepare for class by reading ahead. <laughs> Somebody said that. Somebody said, I want to come prepared. So therefore, I read six interpretations of the Upanishad, of this particular Upanishad. I said, oh, do you even need to attend class? And the person said, I'm all confused now. So the more you read, the more confused you get. Why? Because the point of the Upanishad is to knock off the Pramana. You know, in the world war uh, sometimes, and even in ancient times, they used to have these messages. They used to send them. And as soon as the message was received, it would self-destruct. <laughs> yeah, it would catch on fire. It would self-combust. 
because it was all classified and you know they didn't want any wiki leaks <laughs> and so they they would have these messages these encrypted messages the paper would crumble or the it would catch on fire or something like that so here too the reader of the message the one who says i am the the one that is the one that has to undergo a dis destruction prama uh, you know the the nasha of the pramata has to take place a pramana that is strong enough to pervade the pramata and the pramana and the prameya the known that pramana which in itself is is strong enough to pervade these divisions to de demystify the divisions between the knower known and knowing prameya means the the known that is the shastra all right but if you read the upanishad the pramatha very much is in his throne because when you read i am the whole you are the whole tatvamasi it reads what are you going to say you know the pramata has some ideas about the upanishad the pramata is the one who wants to write an intellectual critique about the upanishad and the pramata is the one who say who comes with his or her own infrastructure about what is going on and so the pramata is going to say i can't be the whole i think it's a spelling mistake the w is extra let's cross it out and publish a new version i am the whole you know i am in the whole h o l e yeah this is what the problem is is that the infrastructure of the knower permeates the reading of the upanishad so the study of the upanishad has to be through shravanam alone through listening oh but even in listening the infrastructure can permeate well yes and no mm. yes and no that's why it has to be repeatedly done mm. and that part of the meaning of the word shraddha is that it's a committed pursuit we'll come to that soon so therefore it has to be repeatedly done it cannot be just done kabhi kabhi you know one class i attended nothing happened so therefore i gave it up and i came to another conclusion vedanta doesn't work what should i do just do pranayama that's enough you know that's not a correct conclusion to come and we'll see why later but for now the 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 listening somehow is able to bypass the pramana pramata the shravanam because the pramana is handled by the teacher in a way to dodge through the various hurdles which the pramata puts up in the classroom situation yeah and so many times people say say to me that you know how did you know what i was thinking how did you know that i had this question in mind and you addressed it even before i asked it how did you know that i had a block i didn't know you know it's not there is no i here it is because of your own punya that has brought you into this listening situation your own punya has given you the 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 perseverance and the tenacity to seek this knowledge through digital means and whatever means that you are choosing or to be present here your own good karma has brought you into the situation where those blocks you have already committed in this or other lives to let go of those difficult blocks you have committed you have come with your own grace to be transformed and if you are transformed it's your own good karma it has really nothing to do with any situation you brought yourself to this situation this is a big great good karma and that these blocks are ready to crumble and you have brought yourself to the situation of letting these blocks which used to be the building blocks of your life crumble that is a very good situation and that the words of the teacher have the effect you allow the words of the teacher to operate upon those blocks and let them crumble that is itself great good karma so that is how the words of the teacher it it makes the message of the upanishad roost inside the head that is what it is that is the power of the words and it's not just some you know individual called the teacher it's not that with what i am motivated to say i don't know what i'm going to say honestly i don't know i may read the text you know you see me like there are 5 minutes to class i'm just sitting here reading the same text that you have in your hand 
I'm not reading anything else. This is, this is the blessing of the Guru and the entire lineage that the Pramana works. It works in communicating that which needs to be communicated in a manner of how exactly it needs to be communicated to touch the heart and to dismantle the notion that, that I am small, I am a useless individual. That is the force of the Pramana which is handled properly by the teacher. So the teacher who knows how to handle the Pramana can bypass the listening process, the blocks created in the process of the listening and, and all these hurdles that are created by, can be bypassed because the Pramana comes alive in the words of the teacher and the words are deployed in a mindful way, in a proper way to attack those specific difficulties that are there and to allow them to crumble. This is a very good, great, you know, thing because the Pramana is like, it's like, uh, you know, like what is that called? The live culture, you know, when you want to make yogurt, you know, it's not just so simple as to buy another yogurt from the market and, you know, warm up some milk and put it there. It's not that easy because some of those yogurts that are sold, not these days, I suppose, because everybody is talking, even the baby's first words are acidophilus because everybody is <laughs> talking about this. But, you know, one time I tried to do this. I didn't know that some of them are not having cultures and some t one time I made and you know kept and then nothing happened, two days I waited, nothing happened, I had to throw the whole you know thing away and that's because there was no live culture. So too if the pramana is not handled properly, you know there is no transformation. So the, the, this, the, the handled pramana contains the culture of transformation. <laughs> Contains the culture of transformation from the, 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 the uh, you know, there was a film, uh, somebody told me there is a name of the film called Despicable Me. Yeah, so that transforms the jiva from the despicable me to the delightful me. This is the culture of transformation that the pramana, which is a live pramana handled by the teacher, has the power of, of penetrating into the most stubborn of hearts provided one has the perseverance. And so this pramana is, this is how it operates. And I have to, what do I have to do? This is the way the pramana operates. And what is shraddha? Shraddha is the, is the way I receive that pramana. I put myself in a position of receiving the pramana in the same way. I allow the pramana to operate upon me. The other five pramanas that we just discussed, I operate as the knower. Here I let the pramana handled by the teacher to operate upon me. I gave you that example of that anesthesia, correct? Yeah. Before surgery, you have to be anesthetized. Why? Because the doctor doesn't want you to keep talking in the middle of the operation. Are you cutting in the right place? Such a big scalpel? Are you sure you are using the right size? I think the tumour is little more to the left. Why are you cutting in the middle? The doctor doesn't want to hear all that. Doctor wants to put you out so that, you know, that operation can be successful without your input. And similarly here, the pramata is knocked off. Not really knocked off. Integrated into that consciousness. Knocked off from the pedestal of the all-knower. I am all-knowing. That is knocked off. Who is thinking I am all-knowing? The small-knowing, miserable fellow is thinking I am all-knowing. That is knocked off. And therefore what? So therefore, this, this pramana to receive, I have to be in a position of receptivity. This is what is called shraddha. Because with the eyes I have shraddha. I say I watched it with my own eyes. I heard it through my own ears. With reference to eyes and ears, I have Shraddha. But with reference to this Pramana that comes from outside of me, I have to have that, that same Shraddha I have to have. And that Shraddha means placing oneself in a receptive situation to listening what is being taught. 
And one more thing we have to know about the pramanas in general is that any pramana, any means of knowledge is a king in its own area. To see form and color, what do you need? Eyes. Can you say my eyes are not working, so I am going to try to see the color of the flower through the ears today. <laughs> is it going to work? The ears do what they do, they are not, the eyes and the ears are not in competition. Neither is one better than the other. The ears cannot corroborate, you know, if the eyes cannot see, the ears cannot say, I will see instead of you, no. And so, each thing is a monarch in its own right. So, the Shabda Pramana too is the only way to dismiss and dismantle avidya, self-ignorance. Through the listening, through Shravanam, through the pursuit of listening alone can the self-ignorance be totally dismantled. And then people get uncomfortable at this point. They say, why, why such fanaticism? Why this is the only way? Why can't I just climb a mountain and sit on the top and get moksha? If you climb a mountain and sit on the top, other people will get moksha from you. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> they may even feel happy. <laughs> you know, one, one person, troublesome person, gone. So, but you are not going to get moksha, okay? Because what is the problem? The problem is self-ignorance. Therefore, I need self-knowledge. And I cannot manufacture self-knowledge because the manufacturer is the problem. Because the manufacturer has opened a company called Private Limited. And so, which is both private and limited. And therefore, the manufacturer has to be, has to have some sense knocked into this, this saying that you are not limited, you are limitless. So this status has to be dismantled. And so just like I give the benefit of doubt to all the other pramanas and I back them 100%, I have to have Shraddha in the words of the Shastra and the teacher. This is the same, this is the same Shraddha. The same Shraddha that said, I am the eyewitness, I saw this and I know which car is in error here. Here also, the same Shraddha has to operate. And this is the Shraddha, that is, that is what the sage Ashvalayana is being taught by Prajapati. That this is what you have to have. This is what it's going to take to gain the knowledge. This alone is enough. Other things we talked about, six-packs, Shama, Dama, Uparati, Titiksha, Shraddha. Shraddha, of course, is there. So the five-pack other than Shraddha. And then Viveka, Vairagya, Mukshutvam, all that will come provided Shraddha is there. If you have to pick one, you know, you pick Shraddha. And, you know, what about Sanskrit and Shraddha? <laughs> pick Shraddha so you can learn Sanskrit quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it will help. <laughs> So, this is the only thing, this is the, the thing to pick, this is the thing to have, this is the primary qualification upon which all the other qualifications are based. My own attitude towards the knowledge, otherwise one is wasting time. You know, we are doing these marathons, we are studying for five and a half hours every day, every day in the weekend. So, what are you wasting the time for? If you are not having the correct attitude, then nothing is going to sink in. You know, so the attitude has to be developed. And it is an attitude of trust pending understanding. Because certain things are there that appear a certain way to you. Like for example, you see the sun rising in the eastern horizon and the sun setting in the west. Let's say somebody sees that. And a scientist comes along and says that the appearance Notwithstanding, this is not what is happening. The sun is not really moving around the earth. Much less from east to west. It's not doing that. And so, in fact, 
the the first person to say this was Ptolemy, a scientist, and nobody had shraddha <laughs> in his words. In in those days, they believed that the earth was like a chapati, flat. That's why everybody was afraid of traveling because you would go and then fall off and then into some kind of a void. So nobody, everybody was afraid to go anywhere at the edge. And then they thought the sun is coming and going this way and the sun is moving around this chapati. This was the astronomy, you know, the, the, the baby astronomers, this is what they thought at that time. So Ptolemy was the first one, a Greek astronomer who said, no, no, the earth is round and the sun is not moving, the earth is moving around the sun. And these people who, who had all these wrong ideas based partly on the, the biblical understanding, they, they said, you are a heretic, you are going against the Bible. Bible doesn't say all this. And so they burnt him at stake. You know, and it was not until Galileo came that people started to have Shraddha in the new way of understanding this. This whole phenomenon of the simple phenomenon of sunrise and sunset can be used to illustrate this whole problem with Jeevahood that I am a small individual. So here is a means of knowledge that says that what you are seeing, that this, this sun is, is, is rising in the east and setting in the west. We are not denying the appearance. We are not denying the apparent reality. We are not denying that the sun is appearing to rise and set. We are denying your conclusion. We are re, you know, refurbishing your conclusion that therefore the sun must be moving around the earth. Likewise, Vedanta doesn't deny the Jagat, doesn't deny that you have a body, doesn't deny that you have a mind, doesn't deny that you are an individual, but it denies the conclusion because I happen to be an individual living in this body-mind-sense complex, therefore I am small, therefore I am finite, therefore I am limited, therefore I am a no-good person. Therefore, I am samsari. That, that is denied. That is questioned through this pramana. It's not the apparent reality. The apparent reality can be anything. And also like the sunrise and sunset, after you attend the geography lesson and know that, okay, this is the earth and this is the sun and the earth is moving around the sun 365 days, etc. When you understand that, does the sunrise, do you stop enjoying the sunrise? No. This is jnana adhyasa. This is an adhyasa that is removed by knowledge. This adhyasa means the superimposition of the moving sun is removed by the knowledge that the sun is stationary, but the apparent movement still continues, correct? You can still enjoy the sunrise. Similarly, the Ishvara's Srishti continues. The apparent appearance of the duality doesn't have to be removed, but the how I oriented, how I orient myself to this duality after the knowledge, how I carry myself, and how I am not afflicted by the duality, all that has changed after the gain of this knowledge. This is something very beautiful to see. And so, what does this uh, shraddha do? This shraddha, you know, urges you. So it's not a belief that is that is inimical to you. If it is a belief that is inimical, then you can say, I protest, I am not going to have this trust. There is hell. Okay? Fine. You are going to go there. Alright. For how long? Forever. How can you go to something forever? But you are going to go, see, listen carefully. You are going to go there and that going is forever. So if you have to go, that means it is a location to be reached. And if it's a location outside of this, whatever, this scheme of things, how can it be infinite? This scheme of things is delimiting that, that is delimiting this. Already we have, you know, similarly heaven is not eternal. You know, certain things are just belief based. 
the veda in fact being the most ancient body of knowledge was the first one to talk about heaven there is such a thing called swarga oh and with lots of punya you will go there oh and then what in in uh, and and many people make the mistake thinking swarga is moksha yes it is temporary moksha it's a nice holiday where you take the travelers checks of good karma and spend them there on watching concerts that's all you do and then you come back when the travelers checks of punya are exhausted kshine punye martyalokam vishanti sarve jivaha all the jivas come back to the world of mortals and then what happens same as before business as usual <laughs> you know and so therefore that that is believable you know believable means certain things you, whether you believe in heaven or not it is still a belief but that it is eternal is against logic and adi shankara says in the mundaka upanishad uh, upadghata bhashya in the introductory bhashya that even if a thousand shrutis come and say fire is cold do not we have shraddha for that shruti meaning if the just because the shruti is talking and you you should not be swallowing pumpkins we are not asking you to swallow a pumpkin like yesterday i showed you what if i said look at this lovely mango this is this is not going to become mango just because i showed it so we are not going against logic we are going that which is beyond logic we are going to understand we are in the process of attempting to understand the nature of the person who operates logic it has to be beyond logic if you can logically derive yourself which becomes greater you or logic then logic becomes bhagavan then you compose a lot of you know um, sahasranamas on logic logikaya namaha you know tatalajaye namaha you know <laughs> all these things you do you you, you worship logic this is what the nayayika does nayayika is a particular darshana a particular view in the in uh, of looking at the upanishads and so therefore what so therefore i have to be clear where this shraddha is placed and what is calling for the shraddha the shraddha is not on something unbelievable the shraddha is something that you already sense and that you want to be if you are happy being small if you are happy being sad if you are happy being insecure then we will not we will be winding up shop the sadhu lifestyle the sadhus will you know have to look for something else to do correct because what is the point there is there is no other nobody will be interested in the knowledge because one is happy being small but no one says i am happy being small how do you know that you are not happy being small i don't know but it just doesn't seem right see that is the thing see, in the same way the body's ailments are also recognized you may not know what is wrong but you say i don't feel myself correct oh are you having a headache no are you having back pain back pain no do you have fever no do you have some stomach digestive trouble no no everything seems to be okay but i don't feel myself and i haven't been feeling myself for a number of days what is that yourself sanskrit has a beautiful word that wellness is called swastha swasthyam swastha swasmin tishthati the one who is in oneself the well being means being in oneself inhabiting oneself in the way that one knows how and similarly this emotional disturbance you know if it's one day emotional disturbance nobody is bothered but the but the prolonged emotional disturbance and the fact that i feel afflicted by every passing you know slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that means what that there is a problem here and i don't like this samsara and i don't quite feel myself this is what brings one to the knowledge and so shraddha in that in the ability of the shastra to repatriate one with oneself this is what is shraddha
very beautiful. And so this Shraddha is, has to be kept at the forefront. And the Shraddha doesn't mean a one time listening to the teaching. Shraddha means a committed pursuit that until this knowledge hones home, until this knowledge comes home to roost, until this knowledge abides in me, as me, I will pursue this knowledge. That is Shraddha. Because occasionally anybody can manufacture a little bit of Shraddha, correct? And that is not the point. Because, you know, you don't say, you know, if you are trying to figure out something, somebody gives you something, you don't know what it is. You say, what is this? Let me look at it like this. Maybe upside down, maybe some clue will be there. Or maybe this side. Oh, does it come apart? If it comes apart, maybe I can look at it. How long do you spend looking at it until you know what it is? Correct? So that same backing should be there for this means of knowledge. And that with which you help yourself through this knowledge is Shraddha. And here again a question is asked, what if I don't feel Shraddha? Fake it and make it. Yeah. You cannot say you don't feel Shraddha. Shraddha is a natural tendency. You feel it with regard to your eyes. You feel it with regard to all the pramanas you operate. You have to extend it. Fake it and make it. You are not really faking it. But you think you are faking it. So fake it and make it. And Arjuna is told in the Bhagavad Gita, Tad vidhya pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya. This is all about Shraddha. Upadekshantite jnanam jnaninaha tattvadarshinaha. This is all about Shraddha alone. What is this, you know? Tad vidhi, know this. How? Pranipatena. Through surrender. And that surrender is symbolized in, in Namaskara, in Namaskara to the Shastra, in Namaskara to the teacher, that Namaskara has a lot of benefits. At the very onset, what does the Namaskara do? Yeah, it removes, it shapes up the midriff. Yeah, <laughs> when you bend repeatedly. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Madhya Pradesh goes away. Yeah, Madhya Pradesh is a state in the middle of India. So it shapes up the midriff and then what does it do? Furthermore, when you bend, you cannot be arrogant. And if you don't bend, you will break. The weight of your notions will break you. That's what will happen. So if you bend, that means you are ready to let those notions be transformed. This is Shraddha. And this is what is, you know, Pranipata. Pariprashna by asking appropriate questions. Because this is not something to swallow. There will be questions and we do entertain questions. And through seva, seva here is, is, uh, is anything that needs to be done, I am ready to do for the sake of this knowledge. So that is what Arjuna is told. And here the same thing, Ashvalayana is told by Prajapati, the grand sire, grand guru, saying that you need to have Shraddha, that is the first one. The second word that is used is Bhakti. And when you look at the word bhaj, from which bhakti has come, its definition is seva yam, in the sense of seva. So bhakti and seva are one and the same thing, real. Bhakti means devotion. You can take it in two ways. You can say devotion to the knowledge, which is the extension of shraddha. Devotion to the knowledge. And you can also take it as Devotion to Bhagavan Ishvara. And this is something, you know, when... And we have to learn this. And you know, if you look at any kind of the... Um, in the Sikh tradition, they will carry the, the... They will say that this is Guru. And they will carry it ceremoniously from the on the head. And you know, and then it's 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 a very beautiful thing to watch the procession. You know, when they have to take the the vani from one place to another, they will carry it reverentially on the head. And that is nothing but Vedanta, really. It is Vedanta put in a simplified form so that everybody can understand. And that is carried on the head. The idea is that it will penetrate the turban <laughs> and then the hair and then, and then the skull and then finally go in the head. That is the Shraddha. That is the Bhakti. <laughs> so, that is the hope. <laughs> but 
Shraddha, Shraddha when it is acted out gives rise to bhakti. That is what it is. So you begin with carrying it on the head, meaning you know you are carrying it at a most elevated level. You're putting it, you're not letting it touch the ground or anywhere, you're carrying it on your own head. So that you know, let this be my head, let it come in my head, let this knowledge just you know rain and people will just fight to have the turn to carry it on the head. This is the reason. So let it, you know. By osmosis, let it come down. You know, that is the whole idea. And that's a beautiful thing to watch. That is bhakti. That is the shraddha when it is expressed. Because unexpressed shraddha is of no use. You know, what is the use? I have a lot of shraddha in my heart. So what are you doing with it? Are you doing shravanam? No. Are you doing, uh, you know, are you listening to class? Are you transcribing something? Are you doing something? No then I'm just having it in my heart. What is the use of that? What is the use of a Shraddha that is not expressed? An expressed Shraddha is Bhakti. And so I, I express the Shraddha and I express it you know, repeatedly and this Shraddha is directed towards the, the means of knowledge which, is, which are both what? The Shastra and the teacher together. Unfortunately, they come in a package deal. <laughs> you can't say, I just want the Shastra, get, get rid of this Guru. No. The Guru also doesn't come by himself or herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If somebody says, I am a self-made Guru, I know everything all, apne aap. You, you, you respect the person and you say, please keep the knowledge to yourself. Yeah. Nobody really says that. Even the Upanishad, the Kena Upanishad, you know, the teacher in the Kena Upanishad was asked, how come you know all this? Ye nastad vyacha chakshire, we only teach that which was given to us. Kena Upanishad teacher says that. Showing the unending lineage, that is the humility, that is the devotion, that is the bhakti, that is the shraddha. So the Guru and the Shastra are inextricably linked. And if I have Guru allergy, it is my own authority issues that need to come down. We talked about that at length yesterday. If I have Shastra allergy, Guru allergy, that I have to take care of, starting with therapy. I have to take care of that. And then I have to make myself in a position that is teachable. To be in a teachable position is the greatest gift imaginable. Really. Because that leads us to the Maha gift even greater than this, one of the greatest gifts is to be content with oneself. That is the real Maha Prasada. It's a great Prasada. And so the self-contentment has a contingency here. And what is the contingency? Shraddha and, and actualized Shraddha, enacted Shraddha towards the teacher, towards the teaching is called Bhakti. One meaning. Second meaning also is that what is the object of the knowledge? Bhagavan. What is the subject of the knowledge? Bhagavan. So bhakti can be directly taken to be Bhagavat, Seva, you know, invoking Bhagavan, making Bhagavan a part of my life, which is Karma Yoga. So here the word, the second word bhakti, the second meaning of the word bhakti here, of the second word is to Make sure that I invite Bhagavan to participate in my life. Does Bhagavan need an invitation? No. Then why should I invite? Because all this time I thought myself to be all-knowing. Yeah. And the weeds of Ragadveshas had grown so much that I could not see the Bhagavan that was very much present in my own heart. And so I invite Bhagavan, make room for Bhagavan. You know, there is the story of that man who had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, has had a successful and prosperous business. And he had two sons and uh, he didn't know which one to leave the business to. And so he had a test. He said, uh, you know, I'll both of you, I'm going to give you two empty rooms. And then fill it up at the end of one month and then that person will get the whole business to run and the other person will be the subordinate, will help that person. This person will be the CEO. 
at the end of one month called me to look at what you have filled in the room and it was a cotton business you know and so the first son in all his arrogance took bales and bales of cotton and stuffed this room from floor to ceiling with bales of cotton so much so that there was not even room to enter and the second son who was a very hard worker was so busy taking care of the business that he really didn't give much thought to what to fill in the room and then the appointed day of the inspection came and what all he did was cleaned it swept it free of cobwebs put some you know took his wife who also put some nice interior decorative touches inside made a beautiful altar of bhagavan lit some lamps and kept some flowers and prasad and the father went into the first room and started to cough because all the the dust from the cotton bales you know made him already poor old man he made, he made him asthmatic and made his lungs already which were weak even weaker and coughing sneezing the father came out and then the father went into the next the younger son's room and there was that empty space inviting one to come and sit and stay and usually what happens before the bhakti before the shraddha our hearts are like the sun, the room of the first son mm-hmm. filled with nonsensical pursuits nonsensical notions nonsensical fears nonsensical things which turn into a deluge called samsara notions which have the power to become the ocean and the second son's room is is the student of vedanta ready waiting with a quietened and a you know worshipful heart a humble quietened and worshipful heart like the room of the second son the heart shines because there is room for this knowledge you have to make room that is bhakti and how do i make room by getting rid of all this clutter so much clutter but how do i get rid of this clutter how do i get rid of the clutter the emotional clutter which is obfuscating and obscuring the view of bhagavan how do i get rid of this by invoking that bhagavan's help only you can do that so i invoke this is contradictory but it's really true i invoke the help of bhagavan to help me see bhagavan <laughs> where within myself within the invoker the invoker invokes to be able to see oneself and so that is called here karma yoga bahiranga sadhana more about that will come later bahiranga sadhana means an outward sadhana which means you know an outward sadhana is needed for what is called chitta shuddhi navarina shuddhyati antaratma beautiful beautiful expression what is vari vari varini varini what is vari vari is water varina third case by water na shuddhyati is not cleaned is not purified the inner instrument which is the mind yeah kena shuddhyati so from by what is it cleansed by bhakti it is cleansed bhakti is the soap you know nowadays we have ayurvedic soap and all these exfoliating soap and all these things bhakti is the soap that scrubs away the notions that come in the way of shraddha so i invoke the grace of bhagwan by inviting bhagwan to come and abide in the heart and i invoke the grace of bhagwan to overcome the obstacles to this knowledge and you know the obstacles are many you know that even the people who sign on know that suddenly video goes <laughs> video went why <laughs> some karmic obstacle what else <laughs> you know suddenly i can't hear you know karmic obstacle even sitting here even though the ears are open i can't hear why mind has gone out of the window to take a walk yeah so therefore 
this is what I have to see. I have to invoke the grace of Bhagavan, the conscious invocation of Bhagavan to be able to help me pursue this knowledge to, for all the backlog of what? This uh, past karmas that might stand in the way of gaining this knowledge, they have to go. Yoginaha karma kurvanti sangam tyaktva atma shuddhaye. Fifth chapter Bhagavad Gita. The yogis, the karma yogis do karma, but not for the sake of gaining small ends in life, but for the sake of purification of the heart, which is nine-tenths of the preparation for the gain of self-knowledge. Purification of the heart means what? Free of raga and dvesha, free of these very notions that come and stand in the way of my becoming one with myself. So this is what is called bhakti. Then finally, this is Bahiranga Sadhana. And again, you cannot say Bhakti is, you know, internal and I have a lot of Bhakti, but I am not giving expression to. Bhakti is to be given expression with the help of Karma. And Seva helps. Seva helps the Ragadvesha to come down. And uh, any kind of Puja helps. Chanting helps. Everything is called, you know, Bahiranga Sadhana for Chitta Shuddhi. Bahiranga sadhana is equal to chitta shuddhi. So bahiranga sadhana means outward sadhana. A means that are outward means for the gain of that inner temperament to, to you know, to listen to and attain this knowledge. Then that is part of the, the picture. Dhyanam, the last word here, is antaranga sadhana. Inner preparation. First you have out the preparation, the means which are outward, like puja is outward, it's not inward. And then seva is outward and anything that you do, yoga, therapy, etc. is all outward means to gain that calmness so that I am able to sit and pursue this knowledge. And even invoking Bhagavan, you do outwardly. You say, please help me remove these obstacles. Please lead me to the correct ways so that I can gain this. And then on top of that, we have inward preparation. Dhyanam, meditation. Somebody asked the question about meditation. Here it comes. So, Chitta Shuddhi is one part of the cleansing of the inner instrument, Antakkarana. But then you need also a Sthirata. What is Sthirata? A stability. Because if the mind is going in all directions, what will happen? Nothing will happen. So that the mind doesn't go all over, I need a, a means to be able to quieten the mind so that it is stable. And so dhyanam is an antaranga sadhana, an inward means, an inward method to gain chitta naishchalyam, the staying power of the mind. So much so that when you are listening to the Vedanta class, it should, you should listen so carefully, you should hone in the listening, that it should feel like a meditation at the end of it. You should feel like you have meditated for now two and a half hours. Yeah, That is how it should feel. Otherwise, it doesn't do its job. So to be able to sit in one place without, you know, constantly <laughs> squirming around, to be able to have the mind Focus on the words to be able to follow the lecture. You may not be able to repeat everything, but to be able to follow that and let that lecture operate on your inner psyche and take you to from one place to another, dhyanam becomes a very, very important auxiliary sadhana, an inward sadhana for what is called chitta naishchalyam. So these are the two things that are needed, chitta shuddhi and chitta naishchalyam. And before that, the Shraddha is the crest jewel of both of them. Yeah. Because of Shraddha, I am inspired to gain Chitta Shuddhi and Chitta Naishchalyam. So this Chitta Naishchalyam is through what is called Dhyanam, meditation. Hari Nama Japa. The Japa means the, the repetition of the name of Bhagavan. And when you repeat the name of Bhagavan, after just stabilizing the mind a little bit, something interesting happens. 
because the tendency of the mind is to be like a monkey and jump from thought to thought on its own accord. First you think of, you know, Honda, car. Then immediately you think of what? Bonda, an eatable. <laughs> Why? Because it is now lunch time here. It is getting close to lunch time. So Honda brings about Bonda. Honda thought leads you to Bonda thought. And Bonda thought will lead you to something else. So like I have said so many times, give me any word. I can make you sad in less than half a minute. You know, any word you give, I can make you sad. You can think of Honda, Japan, you know, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, oh no. You can think of Bonda, oh those Bondas sold on the carts in India, oh my god, last time when I had that, I was in the bathroom for a month, you can become sad again, you know. <laughs> so, like this, any word, even the most pleasant word, if the mind dwells on it, it can lead you to a, 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 a road of derailment. You know, you feel derailed from your quest and you feel like so miserable. What happened over here? Because the mind was allowed to go its own way. And here in meditation, we, we, the Hari Nama, the name of Bhagavan, becomes the rain where the mind is told, come back, come back, come back. So you say, Om Namah Shivaya and then what should be the, that is the first thought. What should be the next thought? Om Namah Shivaya. Yeah, Om Namah Shivaya should be the next thought. What should be the third thought? Om Namah Shivaya. What should be the fourth thought? Om Namah Shivaya. But the mind rebels. The mind after first two Om Namah Shivaya, Shivayas it will say because you know it's soda can enthusiasm. It's very bubbly in the beginning. Yes, I'll be the best meditator, the Pramatha thinks sits down, buy that, buys that meditation cushion I talked about yesterday and a smaller cushion for the, the bell also he buys. Sits down this fellow and then what? Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya and by the fifth Om Namah Shivaya. Is anything happening? That's the fifth thought. So the fifth thought is obviously not Om Namah Shivaya. Fifth thought is, I don't think this is working. Am I doing it the correct way? Or what happened to my friend? You know, his name was Shivarama Krishnan or something. What happened to him? So the thought goes all over the place. And so therefore, the what is your job? To bring it back to Om Namah Shivaya. So who is asking the mind to say Om Namah Shivaya? You. So you have a say over the mind. So when the meditation is done consciously, then when you are not meditating also, the mind is calm and doesn't stray beyond its limits. You have, you have to make the mind, you have to have the, give the mind a leash. And the, on the leash is written the mantra. That is the leash. It's the mantra leash so that the mind doesn't lash out into various negative states. So this leash is needed. You know? And this leash trains the mind to walk a direct road to walk on the road of dharma, to walk on the road of shravanam, mananam, nididhyasanam and therefore the Grand Guru says shraddha bhakti dhyana yogad avaihi further na karmana na karmana na prajaya na prajaya dhanena dhanena yage naike yage naike amritatvam Amrita-tvam-anashuhu-anashuhu-parenanakam-parenanakam-nihitanguhayam-nihitanguhayam-vibhrajate-vibhrajate-yadyatayo-vishanti-yadyatayo-vishanti-vedanta-vijnana-v
ते ब्रह्मलोके ते ब्रह्मलोके परांतकाले परांतकाले परामृतात परामृतात परिमुच्यन्ति सर्वे परिमुच्यन्ति सर्वे पूर्णमिदूर्णमुदे पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्य ओं शाति 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 हरि ओं श्रीगुभ्यो नम हरि ओं